The following show is for informational purposes only. Individual situations may vary, and the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Welcome to Discovering Responsible Wealth. This is your host, Frank Congelos over at CNA Financial Group. Our guest today, Bob Farrell, investment manager and partner over at Tomorrow Financial. Bob, great to see you as always. Good seeing you, Frank. You know, it's from time to time you and I end up on this call and, you know, doing this podcast and it always happens to be when we're seeing, you know, some craziness in the world. Yep. So here we are sitting at the beginning of March. Uh, we've had significant market volatility. You know, we had, you know, back in February, it looked like, you know, the Fed was thinking about what they were going to do at rates. Was it going to be a quarter percent, then maybe a half a percent? We saw a lot of volatility in the markets. And then we end up with Russia going into the Ukraine. And all of a sudden that wild card and what it sounds like now is you know maybe rates aren't as concerning as we are now where we are in the world and so what are some of your thoughts and what are you starting to hear on your side and then we'll share some thoughts for our listeners well it was kind of like a double whammy it was the market was actually up in the beginning of january and i think most people were okay with the fed gradually starting to raise rates um, probably had anticipated them starting sometime in the beginning of the year, probably March and going two to three times throughout the year. Um, the striking thing to me was when Powell came out and really acknowledged they were behind the eight ball. And I think that really spooked the market. And that was on the second week of February in his testimony and acknowledged that they should have been on top of this quicker. And obviously the potential for higher rates spooks the equity market. And we had a pretty radical sell-off toward the end of February, the middle of the end of February, where they priced in upwards of seven Fed moves over the next year. Um, you had movement in the bond market that was unprecedented um, in, the, in the current times. Um, then, the inevitable, it was the Ukraine. We had heard about it, you know, they knew they were, it was just a matter of time and sure enough they entered, which spooked the market even more. So it was, Aggressive inflation being priced into the market, coupled with uncertainty, uncertainty geopolitically, and that's where we're kind of standing right now. Um, I do think to your second point, I think the Fed is definitely has acknowledged what's going on. Um, one of the byproducts that has come out of this is oil prices going appreciably higher. Uh, I, I suspect that the Fed will gradually raise rates, but also acknowledge that oil prices at the pump are a tax and the last thing they want to have happen is aggressively raise rates and have the economy just stop immediately because debt service going higher coupled with energy prices increase is not good for the average consumer. It's a great perspective. And, you know, one of the things, you know, for our listeners is, you know, because, you know, a lot of people say, what do you think? Should I, should I get out? And we, we know that timing doesn't work. Um, and when you think about it, we see it in how big the shifts can be, you know, 500 points in a day, 600 points in a day, and it could be up or down that much. Mm -hmm. And, you know, here we are today, and, you know, at one point in the day, you and I were just chatting about it, and the market was up over 500 points and ended up down 100 and change. 100 and change, that's exactly right. Um, I think the dynamic of the market now is every night, and there's been a pattern that you, toward the end of the day, people get scared. Um, and I believe a lot of it has to do with what could happen overnight. Um, I also think this week is a little different. I have not seen from my clients panic or sell. A lot of what has occurred in the market is institutionalized selling, it's algorithmic selling through hedge funds. It's not your average Joe saying, 
liquidate my portfolio or cut my risk now. Um, that is how the market's driven. It's algorithmic these days. And um, you know, most people think that people are selling, meaning the average person. Not the case. You don't see significant outflows in mutual funds and things like that. Um, that said, I do think there will be a component of sticker shock. Um, you know, this week, people are starting to get their statements. Um, so I think it's going to lead to some questions. And maybe people reevaluate. It might be a buying opportunity for somebody. It might be money's been sitting on the sidelines, right? And this is a real good opportunity to gradually um, get vested again. So it, it, it'll be interesting. And it's a great point. And, you know, one of the things that I always try to make sure people take away from our conversations is um, making sure that you've properly allocated assets is really key, which is, so if I'm working and, and I'm not looking for income off of my investments and I have ample liquidity for, you know, emergencies, short-term things that might come up and so forth, then I can have the patience and the endurance to allow the market to do what it does. It'll, you know, I always say is returns in our terminology are called risk premiums. Mm -hmm. I get compensated for risks that I take, but when we're going through it or we catch the news or the headlines, we all have that, you know, a little bit of angst and, and anxiety that kicks in. It's because we're normal. You know, it's human. Really good point, Frank. So, you know, you take a look at what's happening in the market right now. And you take a look at the disparity between indices. But I think most people are know what the S&P is. The S&P 500, the right. 500 largest capitalized stocks in the United States. And, and, they, and if I were to say the S&P is down 10% this year, which it is. But I also will tell you, if you go back a year and we fast forward from where we were in March of last year to this year, it's up 10%. <laughs> exactly. So it argues for the timing component and not timing the market. Also, I think it's important to think that returns should be looked at over a period of time. Returns shouldn't be looked at over days. Uh, and I think that's extraordinarily important as, as just that statistic I had given you, right? It, if somebody were to say year on year in March of last year that the S&P would be up 10%, that's a pretty good return. The fact that it is up 10%, people don't look at the fact that it was up 20%, right? And that's the most important. You need to look at it. It's a marathon, not a race. Exactly. And, you know, it's one of those of, you know, when we're sitting with people and we talk about risk tolerance and so forth, and everybody, you know, when the markets are good and everything's going up, everybody feels great. And we're like, oh, I'm, I'm fine with everything. But these periods where we get volatility becomes what I call the gut check. Yep. which is, you know, when you translate a percentage drop to dollars and cents and you start seeing it like that, are, are you really okay? Are you in an allocation that you can really live with long-term? And, you know, part of that also is, you know, when we look and we say, hey, uh, what if bonds return long-term? What if equities return long-term and so forth? And when we take averages and when we're trying to coach people and advise them and say, hey, a blended return might look like five, it might look like six, it might look like seven, and yet, you know, when they look and they go, well, the last couple of years were double digit, but that means the next couple of years could be off or they can be a little, you know, smoother. No question. And I think that argues why you need to constantly rebalance. I mean, I think if you take a look at this year, and I think most people are understand what a 60-40 blend is, right? We have a scenario now where you have the 60% going lower and the 40% going lower because the 40% is tends to be fixed income. And that fixed income as interest rates go higher, bond prices drop. Your present valuing over a period of time, right? And so this is the first time we've seen in a bit where we have bond prices that are gradually going higher because we know the Fed is going to raise rates because of inflation and the equity market going down. So I do think that 
people need to understand that it's not always a one-for-one -one correlation that one will over time it's very very good however at different points not so much and you know I, I love you know when you just said that because one of the things that we always tell people is you know liquidity matters yeah. you know and when we talk about liquidity it's you know knowing that you know you've got reserves um if you are retired and you're living on fixed income and when you're on fixed income and perhaps um nowadays you don't live off a of yield anymore because yields are so low so right. the conversation is total return mm -hmm. but when you're living off of a total return the idea then is to have ample liquidity so that when the markets are down you're not liquidating shares in a down market I think that's an important thing. It, people need to have, I call it a buffer, right? You need to have a fund to pull from because if you needed to pull now, it's arguably one of the worst times because you have both stock and equity prices you know, suffering at this point. So you need to have the liquidity. And I also think it's important for people to do a gut check. You know, could the market go lower? Absolutely. Could it go higher? Hopefully so. But if, if this makes one uncomfortable, and it potentially changes them, or if it were to happen additionally, it could change them. I think it's a really important to talk to an advisor and say, is, is this the right allocation? Um, and maybe you make modest adjustments. Maybe it's the exact opposite. Maybe it is, I've been waiting to put, like I said, I've been waiting to put money into the market, right? And you're never going to pick a low. Well, guess what? Now's the right time. You have a lot of people that got bonuses at the end of last year that actually got the monies in February. When the market started to go lower and people are on the sidelines and it's at the right time, well, you're never going to pick a bottle. Exactly. You know, and it's interesting also because, you know, every once in a while we'll get people and they go, oh, should I sit on the sidelines? And, you know, I heard a great example once and it was like saying, you know what, if you think of investing almost like a, a period of travel or, you know, like we're going from, say, Jersey to California, mm -hmm. you know, at the end of the day, I still have to get to California. So if all of a sudden I heard turbulence, you know, say over Ohio and they go, put the plane down. Hmm? Well, you still have to get to California. So now I've got to get back on a plane at another point, or I've got to find another means of transportation, which may take longer, may be more expensive and everything else. And so even though, you know, we keep saying is, hey, you can't time the markets, uh, which you can't. They move quickly when they move. We see that on the down and we've seen it on the up. So we've got to make sure that, you know, again, that risk tolerance fits who you are, and how yeah. you feel and then at the same point is i don't think we've ever done portfolios where we said okay this is a six month or a one-year portfolio <laughs> you know i think we invest for our clients we don't trade for our clients and there's a very different philosophy you know if i've always recommended if clients want to keep money on the sideline to trade for themselves i think that's a good thing you follow the market right that's a very fun. modest amount of money keep them active we're planning and building assets and growing right and, and planning for life that is not trading that's investing and it's proper portfolio management and whereas it feels awkward sometimes and it feels terrible sometimes when the statement's lower but it occurs and you know getting back to it is it is a truly a marathon it really is i think the most important thing in times like this is to rebalance and always make sure that you're within the model that you want maybe tweak it a little bit but that is the way to accumulate long-term growth great perspective and so we're, we're going to be doing a program uh, at the end of this month again, and we'll be doing a webinar on it where we'll show slides and everything. And one of the slides that I love sharing with people are the, the inter-year volatility, where you, know, you can look over the last yep. 10, 20, 30 years at 
where did the market end up for the year? And at what point, what was the highest and what was the lowest? And when you look at how much volatility from high to low it may have had in the year, it's a lot. And we don't typically look at that, but it's significant. You know what? I think you, you hit it right on the head. The peak to trough of the S&P, as an, as an example, movements of 10 or percent happen a lot more frequently than people think. And if you look at annualized, how frequently the market does go down to go up, it's, it's very telling. Um, people just only remember the downside or don't remember when it was down 15% when the market closed up 10%. They only remember when it's a down year. And one of the biggest ones, and I know both of us experienced mm -hmm. this, you know, um, I've never seen anything like it was with COVID. You know, when we look at what occurred, you know, when, you know, in that March and so forth with it, you know, dropping 30 some odd points. And then we looked at year end. Oh, yeah. And if you see the level of volatility from peak to trough, and then where it ends up at the end of the year, you would have been like, oh my, look at this. this and if is you crazy. would have been reactive to it to get out, you would have had a problem. Exactly. You would have had a real problem. Um, yeah, it's, this is a test on comfortability. Um, I think COVID was a little different because nobody, the pandemic component was very problematic. Like how that impacted the economy, how long people would be home. You know, it really, I think the Federal Reserve did a remarkable job to navigate through and bought assets. Unfortunately, our Federal Reserve balance sheet is now buying trillion dollars and they own a lot of this stuff. Um, but they were really able to find a way to control it um, in a situation that it could have become very, very problematic. Um, now, I don't know if they have enough ammunition to control it with a $9 trillion balance sheet. Uh, however, they're doing all the right things. and. The Ukraine is a terrible, terrible situation, but fundamentally, the consumer is on really solid footing. We have an unemployment rate. You know, everything points to a very, very positive consumer growth, right? This is not something with the U.S. economy. We have people that are working. We have non-farm payroll numbers that are historically at its lows. We're running on full cylinders. Um, it's a terrible scenario, and I feel for the people out in Ukraine. And I think what weighs on this a little bit is that social media puts it on TV every night. Can't get away from it. You can't get away from it, and you feel for these people. But how it impacts absentee oil, which is real, um, our economy is doing well. And if you take a look at sales, if you take a look at, we've yet to have anybody come out and say, my earnings are going to be impacted because of Ukraine. Right. It's a great point. So as we're wrapping up for all of our listeners, mm -hmm. uh, you've been listening to Bob Farrell, uh, investment manager and partner over tomorrow. And this has been Frank Congelos with CNA Financial Group. We thank you for being with us. Hopefully this gives you a little bit more insight, a little bit more peace of mind. And again, we'll be catching up in a couple of weeks with a webinar on volatility and insights to give you even a little more peace of mind. So Bob, thank you so much for Absolutely. being with us thank and sharing. Time. And Anytime. thank you all for listening. Have a great day and be well. Advisors of the Institute of Responsible Wealth may be licensed for investment and insurance products. The Institute of Responsible Wealth is an educational division of CNA Financial Group. CNA Financial Group and its advisors are an agency or an agent of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC. Park Avenue Securities is a direct, wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian.
The Institute of Responsible Wealth and CNA Financial Group are not affiliates or subsidiaries of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or CNA Financial Group, and opinions stated are their own. Diversification does not guarantee profit or protect against market loss. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Investing in the bond market is subject to certain risks, including market, interest rate, issuer, credit, and inflation risk. Equities may decline in value due to both real and perceived general market, economic, and industry condition. Investing in foreign securities may involve heightened risk, including currency fluctuation, less liquid trading markets, greater price volatility, political and economic instability, less publicly available information, and changes in tax or currency laws. Such risks may be enhanced in emerging markets. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Data and rates used were indicative of market conditions as of the date shown. Opinions, estimates, forecasts, and statements of financial market trends are based on the current market conditions and are subject to change without notice. References to specific securities, asset classes, and financial markets are for illustrative purposes only and do not constitute a solicitation, offer, or recommendation to purchase or sell a security. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. S&P 500 index is a market index generally considered representative of the stock market as a whole. The index focuses on the large cap segment of the U.S. equities market. Indices are unmanaged and one cannot invest directly in an index. 2022-134-975, expiration March 2024.